And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Look, your dad's been working on the garage all day, cleaning out. It's hot as hell out there. So I'm going to have an In-N-Out for lunch with IPAs. Probably about three, okay? You got a problem? Tell your mom. I don't give a, fr I don't give a fruit. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, October 22nd, and this is The Drop. I'm Jiggy Skeets, alongside me, as always, we've got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? We've got my Top Shot Hot Boy, F1 Racing Fan, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. The international man of mystery, taking it down to the fortress last night, Lee Ellis. Friends. <laughs> Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Our goal is to hit 50,000 subs by Halloween. Let's get spooky. Let's get to it. Uh, before we get into the NBA 75 snubs, the games last night, Daryl Morey news, a big happy birthday to our good friend Matty O. Celebrating the big 4-0 today, so wow. on behalf of all of us here, we hope you get hammered today, Matteo. There he is, looking good. <laughs> Happy birthday, Matteo. Drop it in the stream team. Who knows if he's here? It's pretty early on the West Coast, but uh, maybe he'll see it later in the day. Uh, okay, so we'll get to the games, like I said, but let's start with the NBA 75 list. It took three days to get it all, but the NBA's 75th anniversary team has officially been revealed. As a result of a tie in the voting, <laughs> NBA 75 actually features 76 players, which is hilarious. Uh, we have 11 active superstars on the team. Giannis, Melo, Steph, Anthony Davis, Durant, Harden, LeBron, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Westbrook. All 50 members of the NBA 50th anniversary team, which was named back in 96, were selected. Good on you, Dave Bing. Um, you called it, Lee. You, you were skeptical whether anybody would take off somebody from the 50th team. They didn't. And finally, Dominique Wilkins and Bob McAdoo, who were probably considered the biggest snubs the first time around um, in 96. They did both make the cut. So you love to see that. But speaking of those snubs, Tassie, we're going to start with you here. Who in your mind, from this very long list... 76 names, was the biggest snub. Who is like, you were you were baffled or shocked that ultimately didn't make the, the NBA 75 slash 76. So who is the 77th player? I guess who, so. Who is yeah. that guy? Let's get nasty here. I yeah. get why all the voters who are comprised of legends and media members who have seen a lot of basketball would keep on all those guys from the past, all the legends respecting the game. Those guys did what they did. They had short careers. They played in a smaller league, but how do you compare those guys to today's game? I, I, I understand why all those guys are on there. Mm -hmm. It's a respect thing, but I don't understand 
how guys today can be left off for other guys today. That That's the same game, objectively, how a guy like Damian Lillard can make it over Dwight Howard. Mm. I don't get it. Objectively. And I think what I mentioned media members are voting and I mentioned legends are voting. I think bias comes into this. People hate Dwight Howard and they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. mean, I mean, really, when it comes down to it as a basketball player, I think objectively, if you're picking somebody to start your franchise around peak Dwight or peak Damian Lillard, you're lying if you're taking peak Damian Lillard. He's a great player, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's done legendary things these last few years, but it wasn't that long ago Dwight Howard was the best center in the game for several years. And I say objectively because the stats, the accolades bear it out. Now, Dame's going to get some more all-star appearances. Not He's not going to end at six. He's not going to end at four all-NBA appearances. But, 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 Dwight, eight and eight in those categories. Eight-time all-star, eight-time all-NBA. And then... A huge, a huge cherry is the three-time Defensive Player of the Year awards that he won. And, and regardless of him winning a championship, even leave that off because that was later in his career. But he yeah. was the best player on a team that went to the NBA Finals with the Orlando Magic. And I just think that people don't like him. <laughs> and you really got to take away him hanging on Stan Van Gundy's shoulder or him yapping. And, and like, like, like people who voted, you know, like Barkley and, and Kenny Smith, they gave it to Dwight Howard on that desk uh, a couple of years ago because, frankly, they didn't like him. So I understand why people um, people's bias comes into it. I, I mean, I, mine yeah. would as well. But if you watched basketball for the last 20 years, as we have we've been talking about it year in, year out, Dwight Howard was an impactful player on both ends. I always tend to, I guess, rail against centers who don't really have finishing-type moves. But Dwight Howard... He wasn't just a beast on the defensive end. He was also a beast on the offensive end, even though he didn't have post-up moves because you had to guard his rim runs because he played two feet above the rim because you mm-hmm. he, he was a gravity puller. And he was the best player, again, on a team that went to the finals. Dame hasn't done that. Dame has only gotten to a conference finals. Uh, and, and, yeah, he's going to do some more things in his 30s here. But I think, frankly, the, the second part of Dwight's career where it didn't work out with Kobe, he went and played for the Wizards. He went and played for the Hawks. He was on the Charlotte Hornets, right, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. There's some weird yeah. years there. But yeah. he did rehabilitate his career, and he, he did end up going to get a championship. So I think that, that one, in today's game, 30 teams, this guy who was the best at his position for several years, yeah. he's now into year 18. His, year, his career could have ended you know, 12 years in if things didn't go well, if he didn't rehabilitate his image. And I... I I just find it hard to for that selection, even though, you know, if there's 78 guys, maybe I'm taking Dame as my 78th. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. It's getting nasty here for sure. Uh, but that's where I am with my thinking. Uh, I respect you not only naming the snub, but taking somebody off the list. A lot of people uh, skirt around that part of this question, but uh, good on you there, Tass. Um, I was baffled by this. I think a lot of people were a tray. We all had him as a lock, Dwight Howard. We were like, yeah, he's in. Let me, it wasn't even a question. We thought like, uh, you know, like Kawhi, I guess maybe we'll get in. We thought he'd get in, you know, Westbrook, he would probably get in with all the triple doubles, but we had like Dwight right there as an active player that was boom, he's in, no questions asked. And here he is not, not making it. And there are many other names and we'll say, what about this guy? I'm sure. But was Dwight at the top of like your biggest snub leaderboard when this, this list officially came out? 
Oh, absolutely. Dwight Howard was a top five player for at least five seasons, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in the, what, maybe 08 to 2013 sort of range, 20 points per game, like 14 rebounds per game. And then obviously defensively locking it down the best defender in the league for half a decade. Uh, I think on yesterday's show, I was like, it's not looking good for Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis. Once we found out that basically all of the old list was going to be back, which why make it a point to say that they're not just going to be running back the old list? Totally. When you completely run back the old list. I also cannot believe there are 76 players on this. <laughs> like that is dumbfounding to me that like, okay, fair enough. Maybe the voting ended up tied perfectly. Cut somebody. It's called yeah. the top 75 list. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. My guess is that it came down to Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, just like it has for everybody. They're like, well, we can't separate them. Better bring them both in. But yeah, Dwight is a massive snub, I think, here. I would have him in over Anthony Davis, but maybe that's just because they're both big guys. I do understand Anthony Davis has a pretty solid resume at this point. Gold medals. He's got an NBA championship. And you think his career is going to progress a little bit. Uh, from this point on. So my replacement for Damian Lillard was either T-Mac, Vince, or Clay Thompson. You could make a case for any of them. I actually think that T-Mac and Vince's case is pretty similar to what Damian Lillard's is going to be by the time his career is over mm-hmm. as well. He obviously doesn't have the championship. Neither do those guys, but they've been, they were number ones for their entire career. A few of the best players in the league who were going to challenge for MVP berths, uh, or MVP selections in Vince and T-Mac. So I would have had Vince, T-Mac, Clay, Dwight. I thought those were all guys who had a lot, like were ahead of Lillard and and uh, Anthony Davis on the list. Yeah, Lee, what'd you think about this? I know you were down maybe at the Fortress getting in some uh, pregame shoot around there with Luca at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I saw your, uh, <laughs> your Instagram stories and tweets and stuff like that, but you saw the list come out where... You must have been happy that your guy Rodman got in there because uh, uh, you had him in very early when we started talking about this list. But, uh, yeah, what about some of the other snubs? Or is it is it Dwight the biggest like question mark to you? Why is he not there? Yeah, well, the problem is that there's no one formula that encapsulates everything that we all agree on. You know, some of us go on pure numbers or accolades and others give more weight to playoff or championship success. And I also think there's just a measurement for me of, like, that dude was just a straight-up baller and that doesn't necessarily have stats or championships to back it up. You know, and I think the thing with Dwight, I think Tass touched on it there, is Dwight's kind of been a dick for like five years, six years now, and that sort of erases that dominance that he had uh, early on in his career where he was literally probably the most impactful at both ends of the floor, not necessarily in terms of putting up, you know, 35 points a game and 18 rebounds, but just the gravity that he pulled on that team. Stan Van Gundy was the coach for the time, and he was like, nobody has so many sort of uh, su- such reach on both ends of the floor as Dwight Howard did, and oh, he did. Yeah. You know, Dwight so Howard is one of the most athletic NBA players of all time. Full yeah. stop. And he's, what, 6'10", and he played center, and he was just, just a, a beast. But I think really what they needed was, like, a rubric. You know, let the science to, to, to determine uh. who, who, uh, who makes uh, it. You know, because on, a, on a scale of 1 to 5, were you a baller? That would have been a factor because um, look, I look at people like uh, Carmelo Anthony, you know, a fantastic scorer throughout his career, you know, deserving of his place as far as he's the top 10 uh, all time. But to me personally... If you were to say, who would you rather have, say, Grant Hill or or uh, Camelo Anthony, I would take Grant Hill. I think Grant Hill was a better basketball player, but he lost 
you know, significant years of his career. And in those first six years of his career, Grant Hill was as good as anybody, averaging like yeah. 22 points, eight rebounds, six assists, didn't have necessarily the uh, playoff success in that time there. But I just think, and the same with Russell Westbrook, I, I fully respect the fact that Westbrook has done something that virtually nobody else has done by averaging the triple-double, but I don't think he's a better basketball player than someone like a Grant Hill. So, mm-hmm. you know, all those factors come into play. History, you know, when you started following the league, your biases, where you lived as well, I think that can play a factor. If you live on the West Coast and you just saw more, you know, West Coast teams, I think that can yeah. influence your uh, your voting there. So there were some guys there. And Anthony Davis, you look at his resume, and yeah, Trey said he's got a great resume, you know, but it's there's something that sort of, to me, you look at it and you think, I still think Dwight Howard was a better like for that four or five years where Dwight just seemed to dominate, Anthony Davis for a lot of those years in New Orleans put up nice numbers and, and, and uh, got the awards for it as far as first team, all NBA and uh, and defense. But was he? would you rather have peak Anthony Davis or peak Dwight Howard? Right. I think I'd take right. peak Dwight Howard myself. But again, there's a strong case that Dwight, better scorer, better shooter maybe, but I just don't think he's had anywhere near the impact that Dwight had defensively so mm-hmm. you know you can go round and round there's strong cases to be made for probably another 15 guys I mean Clay Thompson wasn't happy that he missed out and if Ray and Reggie get in there then Clay's got a strong as case as those guys as well I think but uh, mm-hmm. I guess you just have to draw the line somewhere yeah I think the selection process was flawed from the start uh, I believe it was Trey that sort of said that like this whole like rip up the original list and just pick 75 <laughs> They shouldn't have done that, as we all agreed, because no one wanted to do that. Everyone felt weird about taking guys off. So it would have just been better right from the start if they said, those are the 50th, 50 greatest players of all time in 96, 97. Let's just add 25. Here we go. Make up for mistakes that you missed, a Wilkins, a McAdoo, back in 96, 97. And then who else of this last 20, you know, 25 years is in the mix? Because the truth is, a lot of these guys especially when you get to the 70s with the ABA and NBA split, makes it a little, uh, you know, a little mucky. You're taking off Dave Bing's and Jerry Lucas's and, and Lenny Wilkins, like, and you can keep going. Uh, you can. And these guys that you're naming, Dwight, Tracy, uh, Grant Hill, you know, hell, even Bernard King, who's an 80s player, they should be in over these guys. But because they're like, ah, that feels weird to take off guys that were already, uh, you know, applauded back in 96, 97, that we can't do that. And so we just have way less numbers to play with here. That's my opinion. I'm shocked. I know we were debating it yesterday, Lee. I thought in the end, three or four maybe guys would be bumped. Uh, but no, they're yeah. all there. And, and this is why we have then so many glaring stubs. You know, Tony Parker, Dikembe Mutombo, Alex English is one that they maybe should have had on the all 50th team. Kyrie well, no one scored more, more on points on. Yeah. in the league in the 80s than Alex English. Alex so, English. I mean, yeah. in terms of just like consistency, reliability. But if you ask for an Alex English highlight reel, it's probably about 30 seconds long because it was just like yep. you know, mid-range jumpers. He wasn't like a Dominic Wilkins <laughs> where he's lighting up the, uh, you know, with throwing dunks down on dudes like that. But what I really want to know is in 25 years time do we only have a list of 24 being added because that'll make us 100 rather than that. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's a great point that. <laughs> that's Are a great point always gonna have a bonus one now because of this and, weird yeah. screw up yeah um, but uh, I think this is kind of though what the NBA knew was gonna happen of course there was never gonna be universal agreement like yep 75 we all everyone's happy with that list because again it just depends on the era you grew up in I, and I saw the voters as well I was very very happy I thought all those people 
their names were automatically pretty much you knew who they were and you're like yep that person has been covering the game for a long time so uh, or they've played or they're a legend already so I thought that was tough it was it was going to be tough for the NBA to find that right formula for everything but overall I think you know I mean it, it was well, they should have just uh, the NBA should have just lied then and said, "Oh my God, we have an 18 way tie for the last <laughs> month." Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Uh, Chris Bosh, you're in. Adrian Nelly, you're in. Dennis Johnson, you're in. Like just you know. Yeah. Get, get I mean, crazy guys like look for me personally as well. Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. I think those two are great, but I think also the fact that they were on a team that kind of was known for sacrificing and letting everybody else chip in. But if you're on a team that makes the playoffs for basically 20 years straight, you win five championships, that's not just Tim Duncan. You know, I think those guys were uh, just as impactful in their own way, but their numbers and uh, missing out on individual accolades like All-NBA and even All-Star in some cases. I think Manu was only a two-time and Tony Parker a four-time. Those numbers, those accolades don't just jump off the page at you because other guys have had many more significant ones even though their teams haven't had the same success. Uh, that's interesting with the Tony Parker and Manu not making it, of course, Duncan on it and leader as the, uh, as the leader of that team. But that would be like... Uh, like, what would they do? Top 75 NBA broadcasters of all time. Task gets in on day two. Okay? He's in. What about us? You know, he's, he's carrying us here, but are we going to get in? We're part of the team. Don't we deserve the accolades too? And uh, those two guys are on the outs. I saw a lot of people, at least in the stream team, I feel like we have a lot of Spurs fans here, very upset that uh, Tony Parker and Ginobili... Um, didn't make this list, Tass. And Popovich but, was one of the voters, too. So, uh, you know, he was probably I mean, That doesn't mean he didn't vote for them, obviously. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of voters. Uh, just so everybody knows, too, it, it was in the uh, fine print. There's a lot of players um, that were voting on this as well. You know, Jordan was one of the voters for crying out loud. They couldn't vote for themselves, okay? Hmm. Even though you know Jordan did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, he yeah, just I'm put one entry down. Jordan, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's good enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, any other surprises, Tass, or any other uh, how about this guy that you want to throw in there that you're like, hey, you know, deserves a little love that you're a little shocked isn't coming up? I think I'll just throw one in that I haven't seen get any love at all. And everybody hates him too, like Dwight. Paul George. Just he should be on the snub list, and I really even rarely see him there. But anyone else you got? Uh, honorable mention, Paul George, huh? I guess. Yeah, I just... I- I mean, so if, if some of the guys that you've been seeing, I mean, he's right there with all these guys that are uh, on, on the outs looking in. Yeah, it's, yeah, I come back to guys that are in the middle of their career, like Paul George and, and Dame and even Anthony Davis. It's uh, even Clay. I mean, they're not done. They got, you know, five, six more years to rack it up. Uh, I, I will say just about the way it was done, I think the NBA just probably didn't know what they were doing. You know, when we just talked about, uh, them saying that those top 50 players weren't necessarily going to be on the list, but that's obviously not true. I mean, they all made it. Do you think all these voters voted for Paul Arizon? And I mean, I think it was just sort of, I guess it was told to everybody, just vote for those guys. I, I, I think really when it comes down <laughs> to it, they didn't know <laughs> what they were doing. Paul. because. Uh, yeah, hold on. For- what about this uh, theory? Maybe there was like a big uh, WhatsApp group chat between all the voters <laughs> and like somebody kicked it off and said, what are we doing with Paul Arizon? You know, what are we doing with Dave Bing? And somebody yeah. chimed in. I don't think we should take these legends off. And everybody like, started liking it. And then they just ran with that. Task. Yeah, they ran it does feel like there was an agreement of some I, sort. I, yeah. I think so. I, I yeah. do think, you know, it was kind of sort of a little cloak and dagger. Nobody knew that this announcement was happening. It was done, yeah, as we've said, at like 5 p.m. and then 3 p.m. these last couple days. 
I think that was good for some of the reactions. Reggie Miller's reaction to being included in the top 75 list yeah, was, was, cool. was real and genuine. And that guy, he does his homework before his broadcast. If he knew that the vote was coming up, I think he would have been very aware. But he's he, he was, you know, just kind of taking it back. And that was a really cool moment to see how happy he was. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, we can do, what about this guy forever? But, mm-hmm. yeah, Powell is somebody that... I don't know, a super, super talented dude, uh, you know, just just such a modern player, you know, to be able to pass as a big guy. And I don't know, I kind of looked at his stats, you know, not incredible in terms of all NBA selections, four, six all-stars. He's like 21st in blocks, 28th in rebounds. Like, he did a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, he's, he could be, I guess he's an honorary snub. Uh, yeah. But that feels like the non-Americans were... We're snubbed a little bit. I don't know. There's a little bias there. Well, they started off well. The first 25, there was four non-Americans. So maybe that was it. They were trying to say, uh, you know, we're going to get all the uh, non-Americans out there early. Show show a bit more love to the rest of the world. But uh, dried up a little after that, for sure. Yeah. Ah, man. It's a... I, I wish they just leaned into the one shack like selection they did in 96, 97, where it was like, wow, we're taking a flyer on a really young guy who's dominant, but... If he gets injured the next day, then it looks silly, right, uh, Trey? And in the end, I, it, that seemed to be Giannis because, like, Lillard's even older. I know these guys are playing. I mean, Anthony Davis a little bit younger than Lillard. I wish Jokic was uh, was on this top 75. I wish they just, like, said, we're fine with this. This guy's like a triple-double machine. He's already got an MVP. He's already won playoff series. He's pretty special at that position, the way he plays. I, I do wish they just went with one Shaq-like uh, addition here. A, a very, very young guy that they're, like, banking on to be there, uh, you know, to be one of the best players for, let's say, the next, I don't know, five, ten years or whatever. So you're taking off Anthony Davis because that's the guy, pretty <sighs> yeah. much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've made my—I'd be taking off a bunch of old guys, but you're right. Uh, if they're not going to do that, then it has to be a Lillard or an Anthony Davis. Yeah. And I think you can I don't disagree. that, yeah, that he's maybe more— deserving in a weird way there's like that's the thing lee's right there's a there's a hundred players who are that could make the top 75 list right and i'm with you like having an mvp in your pocket seems like it should count a little bit more than going to the western conference finals once because Jokic has gone to the western conference finals once as well so i probably would have had Jokic over lillard but really like if you're keeping all 50 of the originals, neither of those guys is actually that close on the list to me. Uh, mm-hmm. There are so many other players that would come up before Lillard and Jokic and AD, which we've yep. named most of them here. Like Tony Parker, not really that close for me. Manu, not that close for mm-hmm. me. Um, but McGrady? McGrady, yeah, sure. I yep. would be happy with McGrady. He's uh, he's kind of a Clyde Drexler uh, kind of character where he was number never the number one guy at his position, but was probably the number two guy for quite some time. I don't know. You look at the top 20 scores of all time and you see that Alex English and Vince Carter are the only top 20 scorers that didn't make it. That's mm-hmm. a weird one to me as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to see a young guy thrown in as well on uh, future potential, which is the only kind of potential there is. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, like at this point, like we've got too much history to be throwing in these young guys. Right. It's hard, man. It's hard for those voters to put together you know, 74 championships and figure it all out. I, I, I get that. Uh, maybe as part of the science, I'm not sure how you do a scientific baller sort of uh, mm. examination, but but I think you could put together a number for MVP votes. Like you guys said, you know, Jokic got one, but 
even just throughout their career, if you could put together some rubric, some number for where they finished in MVP voting. Mm -hmm. We talked about Dwight Howard. Mm -hmm. He went five, four, four, two, seven in a five-year period. That's that's freaking high uh, if you're going to, you know, relate it to a bunch of of these modern-day players. So maybe there's some number there that they could look at. Right. Because all these these great legends uh, who... In terms of the media, like even Marv, who's been watching basketball, you know, forever, he got a vote. Is is he comparing the, you know, the the '90s to the aughts to the the teens here and see who did extremely well? Like Dwight was again. We, we've already said it, but you know, one of the best players for five straight years. He could have won an MVP, and does that just throw you in there? I guess not. Derrick Rose isn't there, but uh, you know that Yoke, kind of thing. Jokic and Rose, I guess, right now are the only current. MVP players to not be on this list now that Bob McAdoo made it. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, okay. I saw somebody in the stream team say, I can't wait until Monday and we don't need to talk about this list ever again. <laughs> so uh, maybe at this point we can, we can move on. I do have a question though, Lee, if they came to you and said, um, Hey, you want to vote on this? Would you take it or no? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, for sure. I would. All right. I just be great. It'd be a great honor. I've heard some people say, I think it was Dan Devine on Twitter saying, I'm glad I didn't get asked yeah. because this, you know, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to see the voting breakdown for every voter. <laughs> I don't think you so. Think? Uh, <laughs> I bet you there's some weird you think ones. we're not going to get yeah. Steph Curry's ballot? Yeah, probably yeah. not. Wow, it'd be yeah. fun if we did. Put some no brother chance. in there. Right. Yeah, no, no. yeah, I thought that was a mistake. When I saw some of these young guys like Jan Stepkumpo had a vote, like, why is that a mistake? Is he aware of 50s and 60s basketball? He well, can't I mean, even I mean, that's, that's why all these players made the list. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, what exactly. person born in the 90s is going to yeah. be like, Dave Bing, you're out of here. Hey, Giannis, not, not if you're in the Brotherhood. Yeah. Giannis yeah, didn't right. even know who Jason Kidd was when he was exactly. his coach. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was wow, did Giannis say. vote for Jason Kidd? That's a great <laughs> yeah. question. He made the list. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, he's the one guy I know from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he said, put him on. Who's this guy? Who's this guy coaching me? And then he Googled him like, holy shit, this guy's done heaps. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's no. pretty good. No, Why I did he did suck his... at coaching? That's yeah. yeah, just tough. I mean, yeah, Giannis did his homework for the Bucks players there's that great video of him looking up the banners and looking up all the players and and marquez johnson and and the bucks legends up there but yeah i mean it was paul arison was he watching tape of paul arison and watching tape of lenny and anyway yeah all those 50 guys i'm not so upset that they the the first 50 guys got a pass yeah. it's just yeah. like yeah, you know that, keep adding on to them but yeah. but don't don't lie you either, to us you either had to cut like 20 or you had to cut like well, you couldn't cut just one or two, I don't think. That would have just... Looked, was, sorry, you, Azarin, sorry. We, we messed up 25 years ago. We're not making that same mistake this time, man. You're out of here, you know? Like, it would have just been so Paul Arison, Dave Bing, uh, you know, even Letty Wilkins, their names have never been said more than yeah. over the last, like, three yeah. or four days. Yeah. So maybe These guys are getting point. dragged after not playing basketball for, like, 50 years. We're like, Jerry Lucas? Yeah. Come on! <laughs> Weird. Dave it's Bing so... can't make it. What about Dave Google? Yeah, yeah. he's the modern Dave Bing. <laughs> uh, let's ask Jeeves about that. Okay, uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take our first break here. We are going to get into last night's games. Uh, Daryl Morey going on uh, Philly Sports Talk Radio had a bunch of things to say about Ben Simmons. We got rapid fire because this is a drop, so so much more still to come. Let's take our first break right now. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Back with No Dunks, uh, the stream team has a great suggestion. JD, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, worst case scenario says, do a top 75 No Dunks ad <laughs> reads. Uh, wow. do, do you, no? <laughs> Straight up no. Well, no, I said no. wow, but uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> just wrapping my head around it. What would be at the top of your list? Oh, uh, man. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Ooh. One or two that really you know stick out to you that are legends. I mean, my, one of my favorites, it's more infamous than famous, is uh, Lee uh, cracking up during the better help uh, ad read. Was, uh, yeah. That was a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Lee had a piece of the giggles. Yeah, I definitely got the giggles that day. Um, This is also good. A couple people on the stream team suggesting uh, top 75 no dunks intros, Mm. cold opens, Mm. uh, if you will. Uh, So there's more work for you, JD. (laughs) Pile it on. I just put it on my inbox and I'll uh, I'll get to it eventually. (laughs) People are saying, uh, hey, JD, do you want to do blank top 75 on the show? JD's answer, no. No, thank you. Okay. Finally into the games from last night. Two blowouts, but one really close one. And we'll start with that. Steph Curry. Going off for 45 points on the day he's named to the top 75 slash 76 list. Uh, Warriors hold off the Clippers. Close one, like I said, 115 to 113. Trey, big takeaways from the Warriors improving to 2-0. and uh, Wins over both of the LA teams now. Hope y'all didn't go to sleep for the first curry flurry of the season. Lee, I know you did. Pass, <laughs> did you? I watched the first half, 
And oh, he caught it. Missed he the caught flurry. the flurry. Skeets. Uh, yes, I was watching uh, the first half as well. Was watching from bed the second half. Old Skeetsy closed his eyes a little uh, too hard. <laughs> Ooh, a little Fell asleep. On the yeah, but but woke up. I had the ear, uh, the AirPods in too while I was sleeping, and I woke up for like the final four minutes, so it was sort of perfect. Uh, so yes, I caught the twenty-five point uh, first quarter explosion there, the Curry flurry, and then I saw the the ending where he hit like two bombs to uh, help them get the victory. So you sleeping know. with the AirPods in—that's real sicko shit. Yeah. I did not expect it. I thought I was going to be able to dunk on everybody except for Lee because I stayed up for this, and it was nice. totally worth it. Twenty-five in the first quarter, like y'all mentioned, nine for nine, including five of five from three gets the group chats going. He's on pace for 100. Came up a little short. Steph Curry finished with 45, but the nice thing, like you're mentioning, Skeets, gives you those little doses of energy as time goes on. You're like, you know, you're getting the blinky guy (laughs) meme. Your eyes are falling asleep. You get him barely open, and the guy hits a 30-footer. You're like, okay, okay, here we go. Let's stay up for a little here. They needed all of those points the Warriors did from Steph Curry. Because they built a big lead in the first half. But you know first half leads are not real. The Clippers came back from 17 points down in the second quarter. Tied things up by halftime in the second half. Really back and forth until Steph Curry closed it off in the fourth. Waking Skeets up. 10 points in the final four minutes. He hit a couple of long balls here. Massive three-pointers. Also, a couple of big rebounds uh, to close off defensive possessions. So a nice win for the Warriors in the home opener. But I was honestly impressed with the Clippers, the way they battled back. Paul George had a great game. He had 29 points, six assists. Pencil him in for second-team All-NBA. Eric Bledsoe, second stint with the Clippers, was a pretty nice start. 22 points, three steals, making plays, playing defense. And Reggie Jackson didn't shoot well, but he added six assists. You can tell that the Clippers at least have a lot of guys who are going to be able to make plays off the dribble, which seems like it's going to work out nice for them this season. However... The problem, not a lot of big guys on the Clippers. The Warriors won the battle on the glass, 53-38. to They grabbed 10 offensive rebounds. The starting bigs for the Clippers, Morris and Zubac, four rebounds total. Not great. That's going to be a problem long term, I do think. It's tough to play small ball that small for a whole season. But all things considered, fun game. Really liking my Warriors finals pick after two games so far. (laughs) Steph Curry is obviously straight up balling right now. And the defense looks like it's going to be pretty solid as well. I will say the Jordan Poole finals MVP pick (laughs) took a little bit of a hit yesterday. That guy was playing some insane basketball, (laughs) especially in the second half. He believes. He believes. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) It's going to be one of those things I think I can either see him maybe just getting, like, benched for a couple of games here because he he goes down and shoots with confidence, but sometimes it's just like a terrible shot. But... uh, Damian Lee, a little bit the same out there. You know, he hit a couple of threes for them late there. But, um, yeah, Jordan Poole, I think he feels that he's on the right path here. But uh, he just needs to sort of pick his spots a little bit better than he did last night, especially late in the game when it's tight. And Steph, I mean, yeah, those two threes that he hit late, the one that was uh, sort of just to the left there straight on. Oh, that was uh, like a broken play. Yeah. Draymond's like, here. (laughs) And then he he basically ran to that sort of right wing there and was like, this is the best offense they have. And he knocks that one in as well. I mean, that's just so demoralizing for the Clippers who, as Trey mentioned there, they actually fought back. This was a real playoff type uh, game for the Clippers like we saw last season. They're never out of it. They can look terrible at times, but they always come back. And Eric Bledsoe is a guy who I have... uh, picked on a little bit in the past 
But last night, he was engaged at both ends. And that's the Eric Bledsoe that so many teams have been hoping to get. The Bucks and the Pelicans. And now he's back in LA. He's only 31. I mean, he is a, he has been an all-defensive player before. So he can do it. It's just whether or not he stays engaged and stays focused. And I think last night was one of the better examples of him doing that. And, you know, making sure he's uh, active defensively, but then not just like taking it easy on the offensive end. While Kawhi's out... They need someone else to step up. Reggie Jackson, I thought, was good. Morris hit a couple of threes for them. But they need another sort of guy who can consistently score. And that can be Bledsoe if he just stays uh, on track. Tass, any notes from this one? Well, yeah, just to add on to the Bledsoe thing, you know, the Clippers rehabilitated Reggie Jackson, who was released from the Detroit Pistons last year. I don't know if it's a Ty Lue thing. I don't know if it's a Clippers thing. Uh, but that's what they hope with uh, with Eric Bledsoe and mm-hmm. The, yeah, they're, they're giving it a try, him and, and Reggie Jackson in the backcourt. They did the same with Nick Batum last year to some degree. Uh, yeah, Bledsoe was on fire yesterday. And I don't know how that affects Reggie Jackson, who was absolutely on fire last year in the playoffs. If you remember, he had the ball in his hands and he could take every shot. Um, but it's different now, right now, with Bledsoe and him. Reggie Jackson was 4 of 19 yesterday. Uh, and Bledsoe was 10 of 16. So I don't know how that works. But anyway, um, it was two great teams i mean this is a clippers team that could easily go to the finals yeah the the warriors pick to be in the finals god you got to feel great about that and you if if you're any part of the warriors organization you're just so happy that steph curry is is so motivated I mean, he, he's talked about how he goes into every offseason still thinking like you know i got a chip on my shoulder and he finished the preseason with a 41 point game and and when i when i watched that the first quarter and that that shot from the free throw line where he turned around and knew it was going in to give him, uh, the, the, I guess it was going into the timeout there. Um, and he was super pumped. Like he was super jacked. He just knows that work is the result. The result of that work is that bucket going in where he can just turn around. Like that master class that Jackson has taken, JD's son has taken, <laughs> where Steph Curry is putting in every shot. I mean, that's what it is. And that's why he's so so pumped and so that was and, and and this Warriors team at the last play of that first quarter even Draymond Green's up top Steph Curry's got 22 points to this point and they run uh this decoy where, where somebody else is coming to the ball and then Steph is the second guy uh to come around and get the ball like they are running deep plays it's not just come get the ball Steph they are absolutely running their offense and so uh you know when a guy buys in like that when a guy is a decoy like that uh, everybody has to fall in line. And yeah, a pool takes some crazy shots. Damon Lee takes some crazy shots. But when Steph was on the bench in the fourth quarter and they needed a comeback, it was those two guys that really helped out. So then he came back in and, and Draymond Green even has to work watching Steph. I mean, he looked like he can shoot the ball again. I mean, he was scoring inside too. So yeah, this this Warriors team, this Clippers team too, a lot of respect for these two teams. We're going to be watching them for for till the end of the till the end of the season, I think they're both you know going to be really great playoff teams, especially you know Clay comes back. Few notes for me. Um, I liked the look of these San Francisco uh, Warriors uh, jerseys and the court and the colorways and all that. I thought it looked all right. Yep. I love this idea, Lee. I think you just created a T-shirt for the Warriors fans instead of "We Believe" a "He Believe" Jordan Poole shirt. <laughs> That's a good one. Could be something there. Write it down. Hope and, you're listening, Matram. Yeah, and uh, finally, just with the Warriors' like contributions, Andre Iguodala uh, is maybe back. Maybe uh, he's got bounce again. Like. He suddenly looks spry to me. Like, he threw down another dunk last night. He was a plus 13 in his minutes off the bench. You know, he just contributes. Like, he's not scoring a ton by any means. But, you know, six boards, 
Four points, you know, didn't miss a shot, so it's not like he's uh, clanking anything out there. A couple assists, got the steal and the block. I think over these last two games, I'm like, Jesus, like, just this guy back on the Warriors is just in, uh, reinvigorated again, and that is huge. I mean, he's such a great player, so mm-hmm. that's great for the Warriors and their chances uh, of moving forward if he can stay healthy and give you 20 to 25 minutes, especially when you get into a playoff series. That's that's fantastic. He really, also has, he also really has to limp game. once a game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. did fall down and hurt his yeah. hip. Which yeah, is that's old true. Man move I mean, Draymond sure. left yeah, his game not, too. Yeah. He came back, so they got to stay healthy. It's such a weird Warriors team when you think about it too. Like, they have Wiseman, <laughs> they have Moody, they have Kaminga, they have Clay, who you know at some point's coming back. I like, I love Steph playing to the crowd on the mic before the game. You know, dropping the basically can't wait to get Clay Thompson back. Place goes bonkers because everybody loves Clay. So yeah, fun vibes there and the perfect late game. You're right, Trey. Even though uh, uh, old Skeetsy nodded off for there for a bit, um, it, it, it is entertaining. You need entertaining late games for us here on the East Coast and. You know, Absolutely, if, if Curry's right. playing, he can deliver. Yeah, I felt like I was uh, still getting my regular season eyelids oh. under me, under me, because like <laughs> literally every time out, just close them, like, oh. trusting myself. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna hear when Kevin Harlan comes back talking. Uh, I'm gonna bullseye. <laughs> 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 Gotta get like a crane to pull my eyes open. I've told you before, I used to set a, a two-minute timer on my on my uh, phone during commercial breaks. Just fall asleep for two minutes and wake up. Back into the action. Um, all right, let's go to our next game. Oh, one Nate. last, one oh, last note. You mentioned the jerseys. They looked awesome. Yeah. Jordan Poole wears a tight short. Mm. 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 I mean, not just short. A lot of guys wear a short short at this point. Like, Kent Bazemore was one of the first short short guys. But Jordan Poole's are very short and also tight. very tight. And his jersey kept coming untucked last night. So we would end up looking a little bit like uh, Winnie the Pooh, where it looks like you just have a T-shirt on. <laughs> Put that on the shirt as well. Like, yeah, these are all believe. great ideas. Oh, uh, Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> <laughs> Shit writes itself. Uh, okay, Lee, let's go to you next with mm. this next game. It wasn't that close, but you were down at the Fortress, as I teased early. Trey Young and the Hawks. Ka-ka! There it is, first one of the year. Uh, opened the season with the 113-87 victory over the Dallas Mavericks, who uh, I thought looked pretty rough, uh, what they were running offensively. We can get into that, but what was it like down there at the Fortress? How many autographs were you signing? Uh, well, no, I ran into uh, Joshua Kidd, fa- uh, fan of the show. Ah, he, nice. he was one of the first people I saw down there. Ran into Larry Luke, of course. You of know, course. He was there. Uh, I ran into my neighbor from two doors down. I ran into one of my, uh, my dad's uh, <laughs> friends from school. It was wow. great to be back. I know this was before even tip-off. It was unreal. I thought I'm in for a huge night down here. but You uh, went down pretty early, eh, mate? Yeah, I did get down early, yeah. Yeah, because the standing rooms became available just before I went down. I thought, perfect. So I went to, back to our spot, you know, grabbed my beer. They had no Peroni. Couldn't find the Peroni. Had to go with the Stella last night. But oh. uh, anyway, back in the spot. Had the Kyle Corver jersey on. It felt great to be back. I was expecting a great game. But <laughs> confirmation bias is real. You know why? Because coming into the season, I said that I, I expect and hope the Hawks to be better because they look deeper. Yep. They have an MVP candidate. They play defense. And I thought that Jason Kidd wasn't the right coach for the Mavs. So put me down as two for two in the confirmation <laughs> bias. State. In fact, make it three for three because I also thought poor Zingas was in for a make or break season. Uh, not good signs for him. <laughs> but I'm going to start with the Hawks because I think they do have too many guys potentially because everyone who played really did contribute Trey Young didn't score until about four minutes to go in the second quarter and the game was already you could already sort of feel it being pretty comfortable Mavs got out to a big start 10-2 but it was like honestly their offense for the rest of the game appeared to be uh, Luca. you can 
pass if you want and if you guys get it shoot that's fine or, or Luca you can just try to do it there seemed to be absolutely no cohesion on offense at all they had no idea what they were doing and I was I was shocked because Luca had an okay game but it was kind of like there was just no plan there was no plot there was no real idea of what they're doing for the Hawks it was like I say Trey Young it wasn't like he came out he only had 19 points and 14 assists but he didn't need to do much more than that because everyone else got going John Collins was brilliant in that little mid-range game he's got a very nice little jumper there he's confident he finished with 16 points DeAndre Hunter started great defense on Luca. also knocked down a couple of shots and Clint Capella you know they don't just forget about Clint he's not just like you're just the blocks and the rebound guy they make sure he gets a few touches on offense as well a lot of those plays where we saw it in the playoffs last year it's kind of like Trey will pass to the high post John Collins he'll dribble in collapse the defense and yep. just throw it up to Capella and, and he's good at finishing in that uh, in that spot there Boggy had a couple of threes and then off the bench Cam Reddish he came out firing away he took 15 shots last night he was he's eager to play Cam Reddish and shoot mm-hmm. Gorgie Jeng played well for them as well my man Kevin Huerta didn't shoot the three all that well last night but still mm. got six points so the thing is the Hawks looked really really comfortable they looked like they really understood what they were doing on offense mix it up a little bit don't just rely on Trey make sure everyone gets touches and then they're locked in defensively the Mavericks it was just like Tim Hardaway firing away Porzingis I think hit the first three of the game or, or second one and that was it Porzingis the big problem is he doesn't ever try to just go in and contest or give them second chance opportunities on that offensive glass. Remember game one, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. One of the advantages the Bucks have is Giannis is just tall and long and there's no one there to contest those shots. Well, that's kind of where Porzingis is. He has that ability to just put your arms up and make it harder for guys to rebound, but he just doesn't go in the paint. He just doesn't do anything. And part of it's on him for sure, but also Jason Kidd as that coach, like, like I, what, he brought nothing to that team last night. <laughs> it's like George Costanza when they're asking the the Seinfeld, "What's the show about?" Nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing. I mean, this was what a thirty point blowout in the end, but it wasn't even that close. Yeah. I mean, the Mavericks were never really, didn't really feel like they were ever going to make a significant push because it was just like Luca's brilliant. Of course he is. He's an MVP candidate. But it's like you've got to have something else. You got to, they desperately need that creator, that Goran Dragic. They've got to be uh, looking for that deal because they need someone else who can create. It's not uh, Trey Burke. You don't like the out. idea of uh, posting up Dorian Finney-Smith down on the block? <laughs> I mean, that's, to work? that's <laughs> the thing. He did that like three times. Yeah, and it's like, are you serious? That's what you're running out there? Yeah. Yeah, what are we running out here? That would have been a legit <laughs> ask from Luca last night because uh, I, I just thought, honestly, the Mavericks, the, <laughs> they're in trouble after one game, sure. Flush it down the toilet. Yeah. But uh, you just wonder how that... Who's that other convincing offensive threat out there for them? It's nobody. And just last thing before you guys uh, jump in. Defensively, the Hawks were great. I thought John Collins is a really smart defender. Gets up there, block shots, makes it very, very tough. So... Even if the Mavericks did try to get in the paint, there was nobody in there who, who could just get easy shots off. So uh, oh, yeah. really impressive start from the Hawks. But a lot of that, I think, is where the, the Mavs were yucky last night. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, it's their shot selection that's, like, a little worrisome, too. A lot of jumpers, a lot of two-point shots from the Mavs. Uh, I think it was 17 mid-range shots in Game 1. Last year, with under Carlisle, like, they averaged, like, 11 a game. year before that, when they were the best offense in the league, it was 10. Point is, like... You know, Carlisle leaned into like, it's threes or at the bucket. Get rid of the uh, the mid-range game, which is, you know, not as efficient. And, uh, well, kid maybe still believes in it because they took a lot of them. But the Hawks defense was everywhere. Like, you can put, if he stays healthy, DeAndre Hunter is going to be on an all-defensive team. You know, will it be first or second? Who knows? But he gets 
at it. I thought he was all over Luca Tass. I don't know how much you caught of this one, but it's so great because he doesn't have to worry about like, you also got to give us 18 to 20 points, man. No, you don't. <laughs> we got so many guys that can score. You just lock down the best player on the other team, stay in his shorts, and that'll help our chances to win. I, I think, I mean, again, he just needs to stay out there. He is awesome defensively, I think. Oh, he was ridiculously good. He is so big, he could recover, too, on Luka. Mm-hmm. He gets picked off, and he came back for a block. Yeah, the numbers are, are great when Hunter was, you know, quote-unquote, guarding Luka. There's always some noise in that stat, but it was one for nine when DeAndre Hunter was guarding <laughs> Luka. And the eye test matches it. And I, and I think yeah. uh, the defensive effort, um, it, it, it matches that this team went to the conference finals last year. And, and I, I hear what Lee was saying, that this team has too many guys. I thought that at the beginning of last year. There's just a bunch of young guys that wanted to get theirs. There was John Collins in the film room session saying to Trey Young, hey, pass the ball, dude. Uh, and then, you know, extenuating circumstances happen. Nate McMillan comes in uh, for Lloyd Pierce as the head coach, and now they want to play like a basketball team. And, and DeAndre Hunter is an extension of that. John Collins, complaining about not getting touches, goes and gets paid $125 frickin' million dollars but he changed his game, and I think he's staying with it this year. He yeah. doesn't have to shoot the ball all that much. So are these Hawks for real? Are they like that conference finals team? I, you know, I'm starting to buy it. Uh, they went into the, into the locker room. It was a you know, fairly close game with the Mavs. And like a good team, they come out and they buried the Mavs in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And everybody play in their role. Even a guy like Kevin Herter, he just got paid too. You'd think eh, maybe he wants to get his shots over Cam Reddish, who, who's uh, a younger guy, hasn't got paid yet, off, coming off the bench. No, he's fine sacrificing too. He's totally conceding shots to Reddish with that second unit. And I, I think all of these guys, uh, if, if you've got a defensive sort of trio like Capella and DeAndre Hunter and, and John Collins, and then you throw out Reddish when he gets off the bench like those four dudes if you throw Trey Young and you're hiding him like they're already hiding him in game one and throw somebody on else on on you know Luca and the other perimeter guys that's a phenomenal team if they're going to yeah. scrap together yeah. now I I kind of agree like where you know I said in the preseason are they going to try and package some of these guys for a star because they're playing so many guys they're still playing Lou Williams they're playing DeLon Wright uh, and they're playing Gorgie Jang they're playing a lot of guys but Gallinari comes off the books mostly for next year. They're still he's still around. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of good players on this team, and if they're gonna play like this, do they have to package anybody? I mean, these guys just these guys are just level headed. And I and I you know bring up Nate McMillan because these somehow they figured it out. Like they just they're just the best version of themselves all of a sudden. And I love Kevin Herter after he got that contract extension a few days ago. He said the NBA does a good job of making a hundred million seem like. Not a lot of money to the rest of the world, my friends, my peers, my family. Even one mil is a lot of money. I try to keep that in perspective through the whole thing. It's life-changing money. Suddenly, the Hawks got perspective, and uh, they're they're playing like a team. I don't know if it's just the firing, and then uh, you know Nate McMillan is just the got the magic touch. But man, uh, I, I'm believing. I'm believing that they could be, uh, aside from the top two, the Bucks and Nets, that they could be there. But they got a good team that they would be fighting with in the Miami Heat. Yeah, uh, but what do you got to add to this one, Trey? Not a ton. DeAndre Hunter blocked a Luka three-pointer and a Chris Stapps Porzingis post-up. I can't imagine that that's happened for one player a lot against uh, the Mavericks, but you're totally right, Skeets, about the mid-range Mavs. It ain't going to work. They took 17 mid-rangers and only 19 shots at the rim. Even Porzingis after the game was like, the paint's too clogged. 
The pain yeah. is too damn clogged. <laughs> so they're going to have to figure something out because it felt like a, you know, like a Doug Collins late 2000s offense trying to get the mid-range jumpers and posting up guys who probably shouldn't be posting up. You know, Jason Kidd knows a lot about playing point guard, but the game has changed a little bit. He did a, I mean, you got to give him kudos. Everybody thought he was going to try and steal Frank Vogel's job for the Lakers, right? He sat right. in the back and he tried to learn, but he learned from a team that was built around LeBron and AD, who love to take shots at the rim. You know, they're a great two-point shooting team. They just got to figure out something else. I'm personally not worried about the Hawks having too many guys. Players get hurt all the time during the season, and last year having all that depth really paid off for Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, I assume a guy like Gallinari or right Tass is going to be coming off the books. That's a trade target right there. They can ship him out at this point, especially if Hunter is going to be healthy this year, if Reddish is going to be able to contribute. They don't necessarily need the oldies uh, that they had last season. Uh, but for now, like, the Hawks just look perfect. They played 10 guys, a ton of minutes. That's a nice rotation for an 82-game season. Lee, how was the crowd? How was the atmosphere down at it, the Fortress? It, it got good, but it started off pretty slow because uh, it looked at the tip-off that a lot of those uh, seats behind the camera were really empty, but it did right. fill up. So, uh, yeah. Maybe they were all watching the Braves. I don't know. What time did that one uh, yeah, first I mean, pitch? Game, right? game was on. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're pretty fashionably yeah. late here in Atlanta, too. Yeah. And traffic doesn't help and all that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Doncic, though, there were a ton of Doncic jerseys. There was, were there? Yeah, really, really good uh, good amount of support there for uh, Luca. So it's good. Yeah, it was fun. Great all to right. be back. Great to, great to have you down at the Fortress. Okay, uh, final game here. It was a blowout. Tyler Hero. 27 points off the bench, looking good for a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, he destroyed Milwaukee, 137-95. to That is not a typo. I, I didn't even really feel that close either, Tass. This was no. over in a hurry, this one. Some Miami Heat basketball alive in game one. Those dudes playing defense like that, scrapping like that, the rotations, they just, how do they have it down? I mean, uh, you look at... Uh, Jay Kidd's team versus Eric Spolster's team. I mean, they were just so ready. Talking about playing on a string. Like, I mean, they shut down the Bucks. really. They bodied Giannis with Bam, sent some help, then they, you know, get it out of his hands and recover it. They just look so good. It, it is hashtag heat culture. You got to do it. Every time you talk about the heat, you got to say heat culture. I mean, uh, uh, the defense was great, but I think the growth of, you mentioned Tyler Hero bouncing back. Yep. And uh, Bam out of bio as well. He was doing everything. Uh, he was 20 and 13 in this game, uh, but just a variety of things, like a jab step jumper. He's got that in his game, a Euro step on a drive, do the f- classic fake dribble handoff and drive. He was going coast to coast. He was doing everything and playing defense. You know, PJ Tucker going into the stands. I just feel like they're already a cohesive team mm-hmm. when they just brought in Kyle Lowry and they brought in PJ Tucker, but it was a perfect Kyle Lowry game, one for eight. And uh, they get the victory because he's doing other things, because he's Kyle being Kyle. So his debut, yeah, maybe not great in terms of the numbers, but mm-hmm. they get a W. That's a, that's a classic Kyle. So that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they looked so good on night one, but um, I think it's more a case of the Heat looking good than the Bucks being bad. I think the Heat are a good matchup for the Bucks when it comes right. down to it. We've looked, we've, you know, they've knocked them off a couple of years ago, and I think it's, uh, it is a good matchup. They had the motivation. You can tell which team got swept in the playoffs the previous season. So the Heat came out. They saw the Bucks missing a couple of starters, and they took it to them. And like Tass is saying, Lowry, despite the fact he didn't shoot the ball well, you can see the upgrade he's going to be 
for Miami just because they play a drive and kick style. And it was basically like Jimmy Butler was the only guy who could make a playoff the dribble last mm-hmm. season. Uh, just Dragic didn't have it. So adding Kyle Lowry, a guy who's going to be able to get into the lane and find shooters outside, that's going to be massive uh, for the Heat. And especially if Tyler Hero is able to bounce back and have the season that people were expecting last year. Now they've got two additional playmakers off the dribble, which really changes things. For them offensively, because, you know, I think Bam Adebayo is a good facilitator. I don't necessarily know that he's going to be making plays if you just dish him the ball. He can make a play in transition. He can make a play uh, in a four-on-three. Those are perfect for him, but he was a little overtaxed as a number two option, I think. But number three with a bunch of guards who can actually handle the ball and make plays, that's looking nice. Yeah, the Heat are scarily in my mind because they, they do have all these guys, I think, that feel slighted from last year. Hmm. Like they were you know, overlooked or they didn't play up to their capabilities and they want to bounce back. You know, Tyler Hero is the obvious one, but I think you can even throw Bam in the mix there. Um, You know, not making an all-NBA selection there at the center spot. Jimmy, you know, an injury-riddled season and sort of a quiet year for him. Lowry, just a weird year in Tampa, and then he shut down and he wants to prove that he's still got it and and deserving of that contract. It feels like there's a lot of guys on this Miami Heat team that it uh, could be the perfect storm in this in, in terms of like they bond they bond together to like shut up everybody else and say you know we we still have it we're still good and that time we went to the finals in the bubble wasn't a fluke mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just get that vibe from them this was a great yeah. first game for them and we talk about how a 20 point lead doesn't count for anything in the NBA but last night the veteran sort of team was like we're not giving them a, even a sniff now they were missing Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday as well there yeah. the Bucks but it was kind of like a veteran performance that you like even though they were up big they were like we're not giving this team any life here they humiliated us last season let's make sure that we can get some sort of measure of revenge here. I mean, it's a regular season game. No one cares about that compared to a playoff series. But I think that's it. I mean, and I think as well, people are saying, you know, you add a PJ Tucker, he's 35. Kyle Lowry's 35. These old guys, can they still play? And there was that motivation. Like, yeah, we, we're, we're going to be a good veteran team. And if you do get that sort of uh, production from Tyler Hero off the bench, that is going to be great because, uh, you know, that that's what they need. They don't need him to be their star you know, point guard, but they need him to come out there and be very, very difficult to beat with that second unit. So uh, super impressive performance from Miami. And uh, I think the Bucks were probably feeling themselves after a good opening night win, thinking we could be okay without these couple of guys out. But uh, instead they got punched in the mouth. The score was like 25 to three yeah, or something. It, was, yeah. it looked really weird seeing a score like that. It was... Yeah. It was over in a hurry. Uh, you, you were okay to be a my buddy Grish with this game. <laughs> this one's over. Yeah, he was actually right. You know, every once in a while, he's right. Uh, all right. So those are the games. You know, one close, one two blowouts, but that's fine. I think we have twenty-four games on over the weekend. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to uh, <laughs> try and talk about as many as we can that we can remember. Yeah, I think it's 24 games. Wild. Uh, but we did have some more news when it comes to the Sixers and the Ben Simmons drama. And uh, this is interesting, I think. Ben Simmons is expected to miss an undetermined amount of time this season including the Sixers' home opener tonight. He's not playing versus the Nets. 25-year-old is currently not ready to play Uh, for the 76ers, like mentally, and he received treatment on his back on Thursday. That's according to Shams. Now, here's the spicy part. Daryl Morey, he went on the Fanatic, 97.5, Philly radio station. Daryl Morey, 76ers president of basketball operations, if you didn't know. He said this, a couple quotes for you. People should buckle in. 
This is going to go a long time. You're going to think I'm kidding. I'm not. This could go on for four years. <laughs> he went on to say, we're in the prime of Joel Embiid's career. Either Ben Simmons is playing for us, or we have to get back a difference maker. And he also added, right now, if we traded Ben Simmons like he wants, all would we all we would get back is role players, and that would make no sense. Uh, Daryl Morey was not holding anything back, Lee. This was not your normal GM on the radio conversation where they barely say nothing. Uh, he, he came all out and said all those things I just said, but what was your reaction to Simmons not playing tonight and what's going on with him and then now Morey's uh, comments? Yeah, well, Woj is saying uh, actually this morning that Simmons did meet with Doc Rivers uh, and, and Daryl Mora there. And he said, you know, mentally he's not ready to play at the level he expects him to play at. So uh, first off, you know, mental health is not a joke. So I'm not going to certainly make fun of him. If he's not feeling great uh, mentally, then he's taking the right approach by stepping out. But of course, this comes on the back of everything that's happened over the summer, him basically saying, I'm done and I'm not coming back. And he realized that he doesn't have all that much leverage and power to just demand a trade out of there. And I think Daryl Morey is right in his position to say, you know, a 25-year-old all-star, we don't just give up pennies on the dollar for that for a guy who, who simply just doesn't want to be here. I, I understand he doesn't want to be here, but Daryl Morey's trying to build a championship team. He's got a championship caliber player there. If he's going to give him up, he wants something in return that's going to keep them or uh, eval- uh, elevate them to a closer to a championship level. So... Um, Daryl Morey doesn't have to rush. He doesn't have to do anything. He, he doesn't have to uh, uh, trade him straight away. If they won their first game, if they, they've got a tough one tonight against the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, if the Sixers get off to a good start, then it's just going to make it easier for Daryl Morey to hold this position if right. they start going But down this the is hill. without Ben Simmons playing. That's right, that's right. Team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, look, this situation, we everyone's sick to death of this situation. <laughs> I saw it in the dock this morning, said, who wants to answer this first? No one put their hand up and I thought, <laughs> I thought all right, I'll do it, why not? But uh, look, on, honestly, <laughs> Thanks, like man. I say, I mean, you know, the back, the back injury to me, Sounds like that's made up because you know, and and, and again, yeah, I, like, it is. But but that's the thing. If a guy if a guy's just going to make up injuries like that, it's hard to have sympathy for him. But mentally, I can understand he's probably not feeling great mm-hmm. right now because he probably thinks that you know he's hated by everybody in Philadelphia and yeah. you know he can't go to another team. So those things do need to be taken seriously. But uh, I think if he can take care of himself there and then get himself physically mentally and emotionally ready to play he needs to get out on the court that's my opinion because uh i think as i say he can go out there and put up huge numbers and have teams going yeah okay we do want this guy right now i think he's more just throwing a tantrum and teams are are holding back a little bit anything to add from either of you guys i know no one wanted to talk about yeah i do i do do. i'm gonna put my name (laughs) in the doc i I think reading into these leaks uh that are happening from this morning uh they're either leaks or they're planted uh but from Shram Saranio's reporting, maybe Ben Simmons is ready to hold himself a little bit accountable after reading that Ben Simmons spoke to Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and the entire 76ers team today and accepted everyone needs to take responsibility, including himself. Hmm. But Simmons informed them that he's not mentally ready to play yet and needs time. So I guess that's a step in the right direction. I don't know if that's Ben... At- Telling Shams, hey, uh, you know, let me uh, let me, you know, get some credit back here. But uh, after Maury said that this is going to take a while, uh, as he should, uh, Ben appears to be writing himself, trying to get himself in the position to play basketball again. So maybe a step in the right direction, although it's not going to happen tonight. He said uh, he needs time. <laughs> so it sounds more like he's going to play basketball. <laughs> rather than just sit out for 
October and November. We will see him, it sure sounds like, if I'm reading Shams' tweet correctly. I, I'm more intrigued by what Maury was doing yesterday, Trey, and, and what, like, uh, what he was actually saying in his words. I mean, was he just telling the fans, like, you know, lower your expectations here. This isn't going to be happening in a week. It's not going to be happening in two weeks. He might even come back. Was he actually speaking to the other 29 teams in the league and saying, fucking stop calling me with these low ball offers, all right? I mean... We're not, we don't want your crappy role players. We want another star back. Was he talking to Clutch? Was he talking to all three? Because like he said a lot there. Again, this is not what a GM usually does or a, a president of basketball operations, especially in the time like this when there's so much drama surrounding this franchise. He hit him with the Mo Verney. It's going to be a long <laughs> trade request. You better stock up on energy. Uh, personally, I don't think this is going to last for four years. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, I'm buckled in. I haven't left my seat since last night, but I'm not thinking four years because Daryl Morey, I do think, was trying to talk to the other GMs out there and kind of go into bat for the management on the Philadelphia 76ers saying we are not going to be pushed around by Ben Simmons and his agency here. So, I mean, he's trying to send a message, but right now it's like if the Sixers are playing a game, it's Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. Then for two and a half hours, you play basketball. And then as soon as that's over, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, until you play another basketball game. And that is completely untenable for four years, let alone four weeks. Uh, so maybe he's trying to get these trade offers going, but he says he doesn't want to get role players back, which understandable. He's looking for a difference maker. Also understandable. Role players are better than no players, I would say, mm-hmm. though. So, I mean, the question will be, does Ben Simmons ever take the court for the Sixers? He's been pretty adamant since uh, last season's playoffs. I will never play for the Sixers again, so I don't know if this changes his mind. And if it doesn't, then this is more of just uh, more noise out there, really. Uh, my final question from all of this, it's for everybody in the stream team. You can let us know in the YouTube comments, too. Tweet at us if you want, at no dunk sink. Do you say... To someone buckle in or do you say buckle up all right you know you're driving Ooh. we're going on a road trip lee you got the you got a couple people in the back uh, they're they're fooling around you know they're horsing around do you say buckle <laughs> in or buckle up or i'm a buckle up yeah, yeah me too buckle, up. buckle in Tass, no, no i think i think more is right i think there's a difference between saying it in a car Ooh! in a car you're buckling <laughs> up you're buckling up for sure but if it's a, if this is a long term okay if this is a thing where Trey's sitting on his couch for four years, buckle in. Uh, you know, I think it's a difference. I think there's a difference. Car, <laughs> car versus not. <laughs> JD's shaking his head. No, how about it, JD? Tell me he's wrong. It's buckle up or strap in. Oh, this was a skeetsism. This was a skeetsism. It's, it's absolutely a skeetsism. Yeah. If you're, you, you got to strap in for this four years. Of yeah, all this right, stuff yeah. that we're gonna go through, yeah, you strap into uh, to something, you know, like a crazy ride. Yeah, thank right. you, DG. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't think that's Grisham, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's that's, that's fine. It could be a skeetsism. Yeah, right. that's a straight skeetsism. Right? That's a good one, Maury. Really good. <laughs> strap right. in and buckle up. Buckle in. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, buckle in because we got one more commercial break. But when we come back, a fun tweet of the night. Pick 'em results. And rapid fire. Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back with No Dunks here. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, good tweet of the night here today on the Drop Podcast, I think. We sort of missed it yesterday, if we're being honest, because on Wednesday night, the Knicks beat the Celtics in double overtime. The Knicks are back. Jason Concepcion tells us on every No Buffs episode now, (laughs) every Survivor pod we do, he is pumped. It was a crazy game. And after the game, with MSG spilling out into the New York City night, there was a a, a Twitter account called at SidewalkNYC, who was talking to people out there, Knicks fans, you know, how happy they were with the victory. And they were very reserved. Everybody was very (laughs) Very cool, calm, and collected. Uh, No, this video started making the rounds yesterday. This crazy Knicks fans video from at Sidewalk NYC. Have a watch. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back! Knicks are here, baby! The Knicks are fucking here, baby! Fresh out the garden, baby! We're taking it all the way! We had De Blasio, we had Cuomo, it was rough shit! But we have the Knicks! That's New York! Knicks running! Stand in! Bing bong! Tell me a little something, KD! Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks! Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks! Let's go, Knicks! from New York, and you know what? Tom Brady's a fucking bitch. Yeah. Fuck Tom Brady, yo. Fuck Tom Brady. Where the bread at, Tom Brady? I need some bread. And he owe me. Fuck Boston. <laughs> yo, you thought Trey Young was still good? He still ain't good at Dyke, man. You smoking on that Boston pack tonight, you right? Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck Trey Young. <laughs> they're one to know <laughs> I was playing that this morning when my wife came out and she's like what is that and I said oh, it was after the Knicks game the other night and she's like for what though I said <laughs> <laughs> they won the opener in double overtime what do you mean? 
I know. It was like, oh my god. I mean, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, excuse me. I was side side talk uh, at uh, at side talk NYC. I, I screwed that up when I was throwing to it. But what a video. Anyway, the actual tweet of the night I thought was even funnier maybe than that video. Evan Fournier, who's now on the Knicks, who had a great season opener, he retweeted it with. What did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> laughing emojis uh, left and right here. Yeah, yeah. You are on the Knicks now, baby. Uh, just pray that you don't go one for 25 and they do that after <laughs> that game. Holy moly. What a, what, what a, what a compilation. I mean, one was left on the cutting room floor is the other thing, yeah. too. No doubt. I had a tough time picking uh, my favorite, favorite characters. Uh, love this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> He's number one for sure. <laughs> oh, is he? What about, let's play what about this guy here? What about this guy? Bing bong. <laughs> yeah. Bing bong. <laughs> oh, the old bing bong. Okay. I was so confused in that video. Like, of course, they're going crazy for the Knicks win at first, but then suddenly Tom Brady starts yeah, like Tom Brady taking shots. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because. Um, yeah, Big Bong or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the Kevin Durant guy, too. Uh, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> De Blasio cops and flames as well there. Oh, yeah. Chris Cuomo. Uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Chris? Andrew no, Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. That's right, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, fun, funny tweet there from Fournier to make a, a, an incredible video even better. So Very uh, good. Shout out, shout out to at SciTalk. <laughs> um, okay, pick them results from last night. It was the Bucks Heat game. Um, Milwaukee was favored by one and a half on the road, and as we said, they got hammered. So Tess uh, correctly had the Heat uh, covering, winning. That's a loss for everybody else. Lee, your first L of the season, you're two and one, and everybody else is one and two. So uh, you're obviously uh, jammed up here to start the season. But what's tonight's game, Tess? Got a lot to pick from. Yeah, two winless teams expecting to do a lot this season. Meeting in LA, the Suns at the Lakers. It's a Close little line. Mm. The Lakers are favored by one and a half. I'm taking the Lakers because I do believe that they're throwing everything at the wall. The fourth quarter of that first game, I think they're trying to win real, real bad. They threw out Avery Bradley, who hadn't played for three and a half quarters because they needed some defense. That desperation combined with LeBron James being pissed at his team in the fourth quarter there, that makes me believe the Lakers are going to bounce back. But as Trey picks the Suns, I, it's hard. It's hard to pick against those guys because I'm sure as Trey thinks they're going to bounce back after a pretty lousy performance against the Nuggets. Yeah, hey. leaning into the bean here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, they got to pull off a win. I just think it's a continuity thing. The Lakers are still figuring yep. things out. At least the Suns are bringing back their team from last season. Hey, Lee, did you yeah. change your pick? No, I didn't. I think there must have been a miscommunication. Yeah, I put yeah. so Lee, next time, just say you're fucking picking the slack. What? Don't use an emoji. What What do you? What <laughs> could you possibly mistaken a sun for when the Phoenix Suns are playing? Hey, I didn't make the graphic. Well, that's I'm a just sun. Saying, that's a good point. That is a sun. Really it's yellow, though. I yeah. saw the yellow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought I put the deer I in. This was gonna I put the deer in for Milwaukee. I mean, you're not going to confuse that. I put the suns because they are the Phoenix Suns. So my pick is officially... <laughs> I would like to stay before the game starts, before, you know, this is like, there's no inside information. I'm changed. My pick officially is the sun. So let's change the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're that's going a, sun. That's a straight up sun, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm with you though, Trey. I, Trey did the graphic, but you see the yellow. I I, I don't know. It, it does think Lakers immediately. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I saw that and I was like. We're going to be using these so much. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got, we're split on this. Tass and yeah. I have the Lakers, uh, Lee and Trey. I uh, have the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Hold up, I need people uh, to chime in here. Is this a sun? <laughs> is that sun right there? Is that really a sun? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it is. But it's not a sun wearing shades. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost their like logo though. Almost. I mean, you could put like the word <laughs> sun. Pretty close. It. Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> you see the yellow though. I'm sort of with you. I, I, I like that you saved yourself two characters though by just going with the abbreviation. <laughs> the abbreviation. Uh, so we're split that's great that makes it a little more exciting um let's end this drop podcast though with a little rapid fire fun which we do every friday lila you got the questions here for our first drop yes i do and this week the nba unveiled its top 75 players from the past 75 years if you were to come up with a list with 75 things on it what would it be skeety you go first yeah okay um usually around christmas time I take you guys through my favorite things from the Hamaker Schlemmer catalog. <laughs> so this year, I might give you 75 things to buy from this bad boy. Because there is a lot of weird things in here. I already uh, was leafing through it earlier. So yeah, 75 things to buy from the Hamaker Schlemmer catalog. Which I'm very excited they sent me very early this year. So I have a lot mm. of time to... Uh, to build this list. Does anyone still have their slippers from the Hamakish line? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I do. <laughs> I wear mine every day now. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a little cold in the studio. So, yeah, yeah I pulled out these rockers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they look like poop emojis, these slippers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tassie, well, give us the uh, list of 75 things that you would uh, list. Is it slippers? No, sir. I was doing some uh, puppet work earlier today. That's why I'm talking with my sandal. I was, my, our old uh, skeets and task puppets have been getting some work in our, our house recently. Uh, for 75 things. I found this a little tough, but I would list my favorite cereals. And I love cereal so much, I can get to 75 different cereals. Throughout my life, I've definitely eaten 75 cereals because I, I love them all. I love them all. I even love mini wheats. You know, they, there's like a billion, there's a whole wheat mini wheat or something. I don't know. Rice Krispies, Are you talking about straight up mini wheats, not like a frosted mini wheat? Yeah, frosted. I mean, I'm a frosted oh, okay. man. I, I like, can't go that dry. I basket. That's what, uh, like the plain mini wheats without. Uh, listen, I, I could eat some rocks in a bit, in a, in a, in a in a cardboard box like that's what mini wheats are when they get old and especially in my house my house when i was growing up we kept everything so we had i could go into my pantry right now got a pantry all grown up yeah. uh i could pull out like 10 10 cereals you right have 10 now. cereals in your house right now right now that's i like them old uh, yeah, I mean they're they're mostly for kids. They're mostly for okay. children. I gotta admit, but but I could go through them all. Like, I could, like fruity pebble, cocoa pebble. You can get into your marshmallow bracket. You know your Lucky Charms, your <laughs> Count Choculas. Currently, mm -hmm. I, I'm a Captain Crunch guy. I'm a Corn Pops guy. I'm not a Captain Crunch berries guy. No thanks. But uh, I could go. I could go 75. It would be a controversial list because my number one, people wouldn't like at all. Mm. Alphabets. You no, man, I used to love alphabets back in the day. They're great. Yeah. Wow. No, no, that's, frost, that's Frosted Flakes. Those are great. Those are amazing. Those are amazing. <laughs> Their top three, four. Fruit Loops are around. I'm not a Fruit Loops man anymore. <laughs> why, why go Fruit Loops when you can get 
Oh, they're making stuff. the top 75. Come on. Fruit Loops, they got to be in there. Top Fruit five, Loops, probably. Fruit Loops are 76, so they get in technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tied with Apple Jacks. No, grape nuts. No, thanks. Oh, okay. That's I draw the line, Birdo. <laughs> right. uh, Trey. I just thought of a new TikTok. It's going to be Eric Collins after Tass eats old mini wheats. He's got gravel in his guts! <laughs> <laughs> uh, my top 75 list, uh, it's got to be fake names. I've been keeping a document of fake names here for quite some time. My top five right now, Poop Fartin' Rob, Sherry Pepper Sauce, Greg Craig, Craig Greg, <laughs> and Emmanuel Bomberang. <laughs> It's <laughs> a real Bob Duke type of list. Oh, wow. Totally. If you ever have a great fake name, send it to me. Okay. <laughs> I got one from Matt, like, once every three months, he's like, here's a great fake name to add to the list. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for Fruit Noisley. Yeah, what's this guy's name? Uh, hold on, let me, let me dip into my fake names list here. That guy... M.O. Hammer. looking a little bit like a Buttercup Dickerson. (laughs) 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 All right, Skeetsy, the Raptors. Your Raptors played in Toronto again this week. The first time since February of 2020. That feels like about a thousand years ago. But uh, everyone was hyped up, including Mo Verney, but it didn't go quite so well. When is a time you were excited about something to happen, but it was a letdown? I'll stick with the Raptors. Um, <laughs> we had moved to Atlanta in 2013. You know, the Raptors had been uh, a pretty bad team up until that point. As soon as we get here, they start winning games. They start making playoff series. And I'm like, I'm flying home for game one. Mm. You know, they got the Brooklyn Nets there, 2014. Here we go. That's the uh, that's the infamous uh, Masai Ujiri uh, fuck Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he says outside to the crowd in Jurassic Park. But they lose because that's what the Raps do. They lose game one. So that's fine. Okay. It was a nice series, went seven games, crazy ending. But then, the next year, Raptors are back. You know, they're flirting with 50 wins. Once again, they're in there taking on the Wizards. The Wizards! They don't win playoff series. And uh, I decided, I'm going home again. Here we go. 2015, (laughs) fly home for the weekend. Super pumped. And they just put up a a stinker. They did not play well. They got back in it late, if I remember correctly, but they lost game one again. And I was Mm. there with my buddy Dub, so... At a certain point, I stopped flying home for game ones, uh, especially in the first round when it came to the Raps. But, yeah. You know, you're so pumped to go home. You're so excited. You're having some uh, some early beers. Yeah, the crowd is going nuts. And then they just kept losing. And you're like, oh, why did I come home to watch this? I could have just stayed and watched it on television. <laughs> disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah. But, yeah, no regrets. Right, right Lily? Ah, so, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you'd be spewing if it was, like, two incredible games. You're like, oh, thank God I was there. That was worth it. But it wasn't. Anyway, Tassie. <laughs> uh, disappointment for me. I'm sure a lot of people had disappointments in, in 2020 like this. I was going to a John Legend concert all lined up. But it got postponed, like many things. It got postponed a year until August 15th, 2021, which was my 40th birthday. So I said, all right, looking forward to it. But then it got postponed like three weeks from that day into early September, and I got screwed. One day I was out of town for the Whittler's uh, wedding uh, in Austin, Texas. It was, a, it was a Wednesday evening. Now the wedding was on a Friday. Did we have to fly to Austin on the Wednesday? 
That's still a point of contention, but um, uh, <laughs> either way, I miss Johnny. I uh, miss, miss Johnny Legend. It was, oh yeah, I, I was, as we uh, are wont to do, we consult our wives when we, uh, we do content for this show. So I asked her, you know, what is something I was disappointed about? She mentioned uh, that it was also our 10-year anniversary this year around my 40th birthday, but I forgot about that. Uh, it was um, my 40th birthday, and that was delayed. So I just wanted to, to point that out because she wants me to point that out. John Legend, that could be a great fake name too, because it's technically a fake name, isn't it? You know? It is. John mm. Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Became a legend. <laughs> Trey. John Stevens. Uh, what is the question? Uh, when, when, were you, uh, when were you excited for something, but it was a bit of a letdown? Oh, right. Uh, been doing some camping. Last year for Christmas, I think it was my dad got me some camping supplies. I was excited to build a fire using a flint. Mm, Very survivor. Yeah. It's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to build a fire with a flint. I can get the spark going. Looks like an F1 car driving around, but my Tinder wasn't catching. Uh, didn't have any coconut husks, I think is what they use when they're trying to do it. But that's a skill you got to have if you ever want to get on Survivor, learning to build a fire without a lighter or something like that. So I thought I would be smooth starting with a cool flint, but it felt like I was just terrible at trying wow. to start this fire with a flint. So got to put some work in. Mm. Okay. Last one here. Uh... <laughs> no I was stuff. trying to think of something, it. you know. I was trying to think of something, but nothing was there. There. Uh, okay. The Milwaukee Bucks received their championship rings this week, and inside the ring itself was a QR code that, once scanned, would take you to a video of their championship highlights. If you could create a QR code for video highlights of a major moment in your life, what would it be, Skeets? This is a little cheesy. Um, but I think that QR code would open up a video of the starters sizzle reel that we played at the end of our run there at NBA TV. I guess it was our second last show. I think we were in Toronto uh, for, for game five, if I remember correctly, standing standing under a weird little tent while it was raining out mm-hmm. there in Jurassic Park. But we were signing off. We thought the Raps might win that night. Looked like they were going to, and they were up uh, eight points late, and Lee Ellis was going bonkers in the uh, <laughs> press section, and John Schumann was judging him with his eyes. But, uh, of course, we had another show, but I just watched it. I sort of stumbled upon it uh, somehow, and man, you know, JD and Matty O just knocked that one out of the park. I don't know if you got help on that, JD. I can't remember if you want to give love to anybody else there, but that sizzle reel. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes. You got all these legends on the show, like, saying how much they enjoyed it. Are they saying that just because they're sitting there? Probably a little bit, but uh, it was so well done. So that would be my QR code. We had a little assistant. Well, okay. uh, pre- uh, we had an editor on that one, but okay, uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was Mattio mostly, plus mm-hmm. me, plus Mark Jackson, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was great. So that's what would play. Mm, good Big one. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Uh, the Mark ja- the Mark Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another Mark Jackson. A different Mark Jackson. <laughs> oh, not the other basketball player, but another Mark Jackson. <laughs> another one. Uh, yeah. Trey, don't write down that name. Mark Jackson, yeah, it was taken, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, well, uh, for my answer, I could use a little assistance, too. Going back to the starters days, I would like this QR code uh, because I'm just too lazy to do it, but to compile all my silly quotes from the end of mm. so many shows that we've done, uh, that would be great if somebody would edit that. I know no one will ever do wow. it because it would be on me and 
Not, not bloody likely. Uh, so what that. about a top seventy-five? Yeah, top Ooh. seventy-five. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Um, yeah, so we would get. We'd probably miss some. We'd miss you know some years. Some some of the years at, at the beginning, those shows are gone. They're long gone. I've got some. Uh, got some notes on that one. Maybe we could just revoice some <laughs> because those are gonna. Those are gonna make the top seventy-five. I got some great ones. I got some great ones. Some stupid ones. Anyway, the lost quotes. Yeah, All right, Trey, quotes. finish us off for our first oh, drop so of this rapid season. fire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buckle in. These are gonna be long <laughs> answers. Mine's short. I had a starter's answer too, but I'm changing it to a video of this guy. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> Scan my ring. You get bing bong. It's a ring wrong. <laughs> great answer. Bing bong. <laughs> great answer to end this rapid fire. That's not so rapid, but that is the drop podcast. Our first one of the year on Fridays here. Thank you so much to the stream team for joining us. Thanks for all your comments. Uh, you can email in your questions, non-NBA, NBA questions, whatever you want for especially the next Beat Steppin' podcast, which will happen next week. Uh, NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com to get that in. Hit us up on Twitter, at NoDunksInc. That's I-N-C. Drop a comment below the vid. We try our best to... Uh, to reply to a lot of you in the YouTube comments. I know Lee always jumps in there. There's always a guy asking you to say something about the Knicks, right, Lee? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was when I said I was on the Knicks uh, wagon there a couple right. of years ago. They hold on to it. And now the Knicks are flying, so everyone's back in town. They want to they want to talk about it. So <laughs> I yeah. guess so. But please just make your response. Bing bong! <laughs> every guy down there now. Um, grab yourself an athletic subscription if you haven't already, theathletic.com slash no dunks. And if you're a Survivor fan, we recorded a new episode yesterday afternoon uh no buffs survivor 41 podcast <laughs> with jason concepcion it was a lot of fun we had a lot of laughs talking about this episode so go check that out no buffs has its own separate youtube channel and apple feed and spotify feed so uh seek that out if you want and if you're a real survivor sicko i'm jumping on rob has a podcast uh later today uh here on friday so keep an eye or an ear out for that as well should be uh should be fun okay we'll call it there Nice quick show again. Uh, <laughs> as are normally turning into 90-minute shows now. It's okay. It's the weekend, guys. We're back on Monday here, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. So join us then. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Let's get to 50,000 subs by Halloween. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, this one is more of a visual one uh, because, JD, you asked Rachel what was the best you ever looked for your Indochino ad. The dream shake here in the stream team reminded me of something you posted on your Instagram. You in your robe, drink, <laughs> drinking a Negroni, bucket hat, hosing down your, uh, your patio, your deck. That is your best look. You can find this at uh, JD's Instagram if you want this visual. You got all the shades as well. So you agree, this is your best look? By far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 the best, yeah. 100%. God, look at that. Look at that hose, too. It's, it's a heck of a stream from that hose. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people! You could stay.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.